Hey there, welcome to night school. We're doing a, a mobile episode in the house. You know, I've done grocery bag unpacking episodes before, and this one's going to be along those lines, except I'm, I'm really short on time lately. I have a lot going on, and so I'm going to shave. Uh, I'm going to try to shave while I do this episode. And, uh, you know, I was just talking to my buddy Nick. Pop this thing up. Turns out his phone is heavier than... I'm trying to prop it against. Uh, but I, I was talking to my buddy Nick. Tell him this story about like years ago I was sunbathing. And I, I was really into sunbathing for like a year. And uh, I was really into sunbathing for about a year. And uh, it was kind of like before I started meditating, I got really into the idea of just laying in the sun. And like I feel good when I get a little bit of a tan. And it's been, it's very rare and it's very difficult for me to get a tan. But it was definitely kind of a precursor to meditation where I would like, I would eat, you know, a light, a light weed edible and I would just lay there in the sun for about an hour, you know, probably wasn't very good for my Scandinavian skin, but I would just lay there with my eyes closed. It was a good experience because it was one of those things like meditation where, you know, I'm, you know, an hour would pass in a matter of minutes. Like my entire sense of time would disappear, which is what happens when you're in a deep meditative state. Like your entire sense of time shifts and it's just feels shorter and you're also very aware of your surroundings but you don't really feel like a participant in them and that's what meditation is like as well where you're acute you're acutely aware of everything going on around you but it's it, it feels different that's the only way i could explain it um and sometimes it disappears entirely like sometimes reality just disappears outright but anyway when i was sunbathing i was at this park and you'd, you'd hear people talking, and I heard this guy, he was a stranger to them, but he approached this random couple, and he was telling them about the history of the park, and I hadn't opened my eyes, you know, I hadn't opened my eyes for probably like 45 minutes, and I hear this guy like telling them the entire history of the park, and while he's talking to them, he keeps yelling, whiskey, whiskey, and it was just the strangest thing, and he would be, he would be talking to them, and he would say, Oh yeah, like I, I grew up in this area and I used to come to this park and oh, you see those apartments over there? Whiskey! Whiskey! And then he'd be like, yeah, those, those apartments didn't used to be there. It used to be all woods. Whiskey! Whiskey! And then he'd be like, I used to bring my girlfriend here. Whiskey! Whiskey! And I was thinking that he was calling a dog. Like the, like the inflection of his voice sounded exactly like in the same way that I'll call Batty. and be like, Batty, Batty, come on. It was exactly the same tone of voice as if he was calling his dog and I, I was thinking like, Oh, whiskey. I mean, that, that is kind of one of those names for a dog, you know, like some guy who's kind of trying to be a little bit rugged, like would name his dog whiskey, but it's still kind of an interesting name for a dog whiskey. And so in my mind, but I don't hear a dog, you know, that was the thing too, is like, even though I thought he was calling his dog, cause it didn't make any sense. Cause he seemed so sane and, 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 but, like, when you think there's a dog, you start hearing a dog. Like, even though there was no sound of a dog running around, there was no sound of, like, like a, like a chain or a collar. Like, when you think there's a dog, like when you think somebody's calling a dog, your brain creates a dog. Like, I can, to this day, I can practically visualize this guy's non-existent dog. But I eventually opened my eyes, and I haven't started shaving yet, but um, I eventually started opening my eyes, and or I opened my eyes, and I looked and it was a guy in a wheelchair. It was a guy in a motorized wheelchair talking to this couple. And they were just listening. 
And nobody addressed the fact that he was yelling, whiskey, whiskey, typically in twos. I noticed that it was typically kind of like in twos and there was a, a certain inflection to it. I've got some shaving cream on my phone. Got to be careful about that. Um, and, uh, but nobody addressed the fact that he was yelling whiskey. And then I realized, like, I, I after I opened my eyes, I kind of watched for a minute and I realized he had Tourette's. And he, so he was yelling whiskey every couple minutes and that was his tick. And, and I was like, you know, I learned a lot about Tourette's in that moment. Cause I was like, Oh, you know, cause Tourette's is typically associated with at least the stereotype is associated with yelling something inappropriate, saying the exact thing you're not supposed to say, which is fascinating enough. Like the idea that there is some, some mechanism in human beings that allegedly gets kind of twisted up to where you can't resist the urge to yell the exact thing you're not supposed to say. Like that is a fascinating function or malfunction. I, I mean, it's kind of a function in my opinion, but it's kind of a fascinating function to the human brain that like the thing that we're not supposed to say, which is entirely relative to the culture and the time in which you live. Cause it's like, if you were to yell, you know, uh, fuck, 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 you know, if you were to yell that, a thousand years ago, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, but in our society today, it's like, so it requires like this contemporary lexicon, but your brain knows that it's the thing you're not supposed to say, therefore it says it. And it was fascinating to me. I learned a lot in that moment because I realized, oh, I guess because alcohol is naughty, I guess because whiskey, like drinking whiskey is thought of as like being bad, maybe. Like somewhere in this guy's brain, yelling whiskey became his tick. And it, to this day, it cracks me up just because I, I, I could have sworn there was a dog running around. And I was a little bit stoned and like, you know, and I was in this deep meditative state in the sun, getting baked by the sun. And so like just in my mind, something else was going on and I woke up and it, it turns out, no, this guy just yells whiskey all the time. And I'm kind of surprised that it didn't come up. Like, I'm surprised that uh, I'm doing a really bad job shaving, but I'm kind of surprised that uh, the couple didn't be like, so what else do you yell? Because, like, I don't feel like it's inappropriate to be like, I notice that you yell whiskey all the time. And I'm not a rude person. Like, you know, I, despite, like, if you listen to this show and you don't know me personally, I probably have a lot more tact. At least I hope I have a lot more tact than I do when I'm like, when I'm shaving and talking. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I would, I would want to ask him like, so when did you start yelling whiskey? What is your take on why you yell that? And I saw this documentary about Tourette's many years ago where it's these kids who have it and they take them to this camp of all kids who have Tourette's. It's like, there's that really good MTV documentary, Fat Camp, which I highly recommend. I'll talk about – if I haven't talked about that before, I, I really need to do an entire episode dissecting MTV Fat Camp because that's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Maybe I talked about that two weeks ago. I don't know. Who knows? I forgot. But uh, th this documentary where it's kids with Tourette's and they're all together at this camp. And I can't even remember like what they're doing, but they have counselors. It's like any camp. But all the kids are just going around like insulting each other and saying offensive shit. And there was this kid, he's like this little fat kid and there's a counselor. She's a little bit older. I want to say she's like an older teenager. 
And he keeps saying, Jen gives head. Her name's Jen. And he keeps saying, Jen gives head. Jen gives head. And she starts crying. Like, that's the amazing thing about this documentary is these kids who have Tourette's are, like, crying because of the insults that they're saying to each other. And it's like, you all know why you're here. You all know that you have Tourette's, especially this girl who's, like, a camp counselor who's a teenager. Like, if you're a camp counselor at a Tourette's camp and you can't handle a kid just, like, impulsively insulting you, you probably shouldn't be a counselor. You should probably have thicker skin, but like it's like people are crying and, and this. But I, the thing is, though, I don't trust that kid. Jen gives head is way too specific. That's so specific to that one situation where there's a girl named Jen, and he's saying she gives head. Like that's way too specific for me. Like whiskey is one thing. Whiskey, whiskey. You know that's like obviously just this word that's lodged in his brain. Jen gives head like that. I feel like that takes a level of cognition, but I guess it, but, and, and in two, it's like, it reveals something like, let's say that kid isn't just bullshitting. Cause I mean, that was the stupid joke that all the kids used to make. Like every single kid I ever knew, but you no know, kids growing up would say things like, man, I wish I had Tourette's cause I would just say whatever I wanted, man. I wish I had Tourette's cause I would just say whatever I wanted. You know, it's like, that was like a joke that kids would make. Which is funny. Like, I got to give kids some credit. That's a pretty funny joke. Like, it'd be cool to have Tourette's so that I could swear. Well, guess what, kid? You can do it anyway. You could say whatever you want, and people just have to deal with it. And life is short. So say what you want, kid. Jen gives head. But it was just so funny to me, though, because it's like he came up with that phrase. But, you know, I, I, do, I see where that mechanism exists in all of us. We all have Tourette's. Tourette's is all of us. No, but really, like, that mechanism is in all of us. Because, like, I will be looking at somebody, like, somebody will be having a conversation with me, and I will be looking them in the eye, and I almost have an urge to say the most insulting thing possible. It's not even that I'm really thinking that about them. It just kind of comes in, I, I can, it's almost like bile rising in your throat, where it's almost like, oh, I can feel it coming out of me, but you don't do it. And I did do it one time as a kid. Like, we had this family friend, and... I went out to dinner to this Japanese restaurant with uh, my mom and this family friend. And like, I was just looking at her and like, I didn't dislike her. Like she wasn't my favorite person. I was kind of in, I was kind of ambivalent, not so much indifferent. I was kind of ambivalent. And I said something extremely insulting. I said something extremely insulting and I'm not going to say what it is. Cause you know, even though I should be able to tell a story about, uh, something really offensive I said to somebody as a kid and I should be able to say it wasn't that crazy that I said that because I didn't mean it I truly didn't mean it it was just it was an experiment honestly but it was an, an impulsive experiment and I think that's what Tourette's is it's an impulsive experiment but no but anyway like I said this insulting thing and it's insane to me that I'm not even allowed to retell this story because I could have my life ruined for saying this and it wasn't it's probably not the word you're thinking of, but it's not terribly far off. It had nothing to do with black people. I'll just, that's all I'll say. But it was something that was highly insulting about this person. 
And, uh, and it could still, like, even though I said this at like seven years old or eight years old, it's something that could still ruin my life now, which tells you something about the society we're in where you can't even reflect on that shit. Um, but, uh, I just said it to her and in her face, just like her mouth dropped open and we moved on. Like she tried to examine like why I said it. Like it was almost like one of those moments like in an interrogation on law and order where they're like interviewing the killer and they're like, why'd you do it? Or that, no, I was speaking about eight millimeter recently. And like at the end of eight millimeter, Nicholas Cage says to machine, the killer guy, he's like, why'd you do it? And the guy's like, cause I could, that was pretty much it. That was seriously my entire motivation. It really had nothing to do with any kind of like deep seated, you know, animosity toward this woman or toward anything else. But it was like, I just kind of wanted to see what would happen. And I did, I got to see it. And you know, I really haven't done that since then, but so I understand that impulse. And like, I, I met this girl years ago and we were talking and just out of nowhere, she said, you know, she's like, sometimes I just have this desire to do the worst possible thing in a situation. She's like, and the example she used was like, if I'm sitting there and there's a baby in the room, I just want to grab this glass of water and walk over and dump the glass of water on the baby's head. It's like she was saying like her mind automatically thinks about doing that. Her mind automatically thinks like I should grab this glass of water and dump it on the baby's head. And, you know, I don't think she ever acted on it kind of like a pedophile. It's like, oh, well, it's, it's OK if you don't act on it. It's kind of like that's how I feel about her. It's like, you know, it's OK as long as you don't act on it, as long as you don't actually dump the, the glass of water on the baby's head or whatever else your brain is telling you to do. But it shows you that, that mechanism is in us. It's like there's something in us that when we're in a situation, we automatically think, what's the worst possible thing I could say? You know, what's the worst possible thing I could do? And I guess some people, like that mechanism is either broken or they have something else going on to where they actually do it. And Tourette's is a form of that. But I find it fascinating just that we even think about that. And that's part of childhood. I mean, like, like one of the reasons kids are so mean to each other is because it's, it's for the same reason that I was mean to that lady. It's the same reason I was mean to that family friend when I was like eight years old, because it's just like your brain is like, what could I, let me explore this situation is kind of what your brain is doing. And it's actually good to think that way. Like, it's good to think like, what's the worst possible thing I could do? Because I feel like you're more likely to not do it if you're aware of it. Whereas, like, if you just if you just do it without thinking, you know, that's a different story. Which is apparently how Tourette's works, but I, I don't really understand it. I don't I don't even understand this Tourette's thing. What is it? What is it with this Tourette's thing? I'm almost done shaving, and I really haven't wounded myself. I have very sensitive neck skin, so there's always like a little bit of like a just a little bit of blood, but you know, maybe I should do this more often. Maybe I should shave and talk more often. It's like that kind of thing, like when you're drawing, but you're not overthinking it, how you make better lines. Like if you're not thinking about the lines you're making, how you're in more of that flow state, maybe the same is true for shaving where it's like, if you're doing a show while you shave, you shave better. You just shave better. That's, I mean, that's just, you just shave better. 
But anyway, I find that interesting. I, it was an experience with Tourette's. You know, it makes you think about like how this one phrase gets lodged in someone's brain. And with this guy that I saw, it was whiskey. I'm done shaving. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free. So take.